Hello there, and welcome to another edition of the Cricket Scotland podcast. I'm Ian Leggett. I'm joined by Scottish cricket writer Jake Perry. We're again in my living room. It's a sunny day outside. Uh, high spirits, Jake? Much higher than they were the other day, I have to say, after the Afghanistan result. But yeah, it's been a, been a beautiful couple of days. Hopefully this is going to continue into the weekend. We can get some decent weather for the next ODIs up, which of course are against Sri Lanka. Well, like you said, the last time we spoke, very despondent, uh, kind of depressing mood, uh, sitting in a, a very dry and warm scorer's box, but outside it was absolutely chucking it down with rain. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the first Afghanistan ODI was a washout and the second one ended um, about five overs early due to rain, which caused uh, Afghanistan to win two by two runs on DLS. Uh, Scotland hit 325 for seven, a fantastic century from Callum McLeod. Um, and Afghanistan got 269 uh, for, for three, but with about five overs left. Uh, they managed to scrape a two-run victory. Now, I say scrape, that's probably not a fair comment to make, but we'll very quickly summarise the action. You can also listen to our uh, post-game chat with Peter Delapera, Jake and myself, uh, but the kind of despondent mood. But now we've had, you know, almost a week to reflect on this game. Where are your emotions now, Jake? Well, a whole lot better than they were on Friday night, I have to say. Um, you know, time is a, is a great healer and all of that kind of thing. Um, we're getting... Uh, maybe a little too used in Scotland to these uh, these narrow DLS um, reverse results, but it was a terrific game of cricket. Um, it was boiling up very nicely. I think a lot of the the sense of deflation that there was at the end of the game was was really because of that. Um, Afghanistan were in touch, I suppose. If you had to pick a favourite at that particular point when the game ended, you would have gone with Afghanistan. But having said that. Um, you can never, of course, count Scotland out, as England uh, would know only too well. This is not a team that knows when it's beaten, mm-hmm. and uh, you know a wicket or two would have uh, would have would have changed things. I mean, Afghanistan were in touch with with the D uh, the DLS uh, requirement for for most of their chase, um, but they only actually got ahead of it on the the final ball that was that was bold. I remember us all looking out. Um, as Ali Evans was on his uh, at, the, at the top of his run-up and the rain absolutely hammering down and wow. thinking, you know, why why are we not coming off it? And um, uh, umpire Darmasena, you know, insisted that the ball was bold. And to be fair, you know, anything can happen. If a wicket had gone down, Scotland had won. But, of course, the two runs happened, which gave Afghanistan the uh, the win at the end. But um, So a game of, game of small margins. But... Yeah, I think uh, at the end there, um, Scotland were, were were fancying their chances still, though, and um, it was just a shame that the uh, that the weather intervened to deprive us of all of the uh, the climax of the match. I think that's exactly where my emotions were. I think that, of course, feeling that post game kind of trauma and just thinking, not again. And for me, it was it was it was almost a tragedy that Scotland's got four ODIs. And probably, you know, the four full member nations, uh, the four full member named games that they're going to play over the next year, probably until the next summer, uh, just because we're not in the World Cup. So they have, they've had four opportunities to get a couple of wins against full member nations that will go towards them getting full member status. And to get two of them cut short just because of the weather. Now, of course, like you said, the Afghanistan game was not in the bag, but depriving the audience of what could have been a fantastic finish was, I think, 
very upsetting as a sports fan, as someone that wants to see Cricket Scotland do well. It was it was very annoying. Uh, I think annoying is probably the best word to use. It was just frustrating just to see the weather knocked down again. This kind of curse that Scottish cricket has with the weather. But looking, you know, on the brighter side of the game, it was a very good game of cricket. Almost 600 runs scored. To talk about Scotland's innings uh, very quickly, uh, we had a fantastic opening partnership. Kyle Kotzer looked in brilliant. Uh, Nick, I know you weren't there for the start of the game. Um, but he, he passed 2,000 ODI runs, which is a great achievement for any player in the international format. Yes, I was. I wasn't at Granford the start, but I was, uh, I was, I was certainly watching. And um, yeah, he, he looked t- terrific as ever. You know, always uh, Mr. Reliable. And uh, yeah, passed 2,000 runs, looked in very fine shape again. And Matthew Cross as well, mm. you know, 32 uh, at the top of the order too, um, looked, uh, looked, looked in good shape um, as well. I mean, the star of the show, Obviously, Callum McLeod, that 88 ball, um, 88 ball 100, um, again, you know, just, just imposing himself in those, uh, those middle to late overs there. Um, and some, some really good little cameos, uh, Richie Barrington, uh, George Munsey, Craig Wallace as well. It's, it's, it's such a shame looking ahead at the weekend, you know, the situation where, where Richie Barrington's had to withdraw from the squad, um, you know, what did he, it's what, 33 off 20 balls mm. against Afghanistan. And then he followed that up um, for the for the Western Warriors in the, the Tilney Pro 50 with uh, with 170 not out. Just an absolute stonking innings, um, but uh, sustained an injury during that match and has had to uh, had to withdraw. So that's a, a, a bit of a blow to what was looking a really settled and um, and, and, and powerful batting lineup there. It's it's like like you said it's such a shame because and we were having this chat earlier. Scotland's batting order right now, especially the top six, it, it looks super reliable. You, you, when you when you see them go into bat and and Kyle makes the decision wins the toss he goes into bat. There was there was full confidence that his side at the Grange in the conditions like they were can get a free twenty five free 30 score and that should be the minimum of what they're doing having the openers of Cotswold and Cross but then like we were saying McLeod and Barrington has become you know almost this kind of signature Scottish partnership because it's so reliable and you've got you know you know Callum McLeod his last two innings at the Grange in ODI cricket has been two fantastic centuries but you know Barrington like you said Mr. Consistent but now looking at the and we've you know chatted about it on the podcast before George Munsey going in there and it's almost like you have full confidence that this guy is going to casually hit 4664 in and over and and knock up about 20 runs in the space of a couple of balls. Yeah, I mean what's the old saying about, you know, cricket being a game that's 90% played in the head um and you can just see with uh, with Munsey the confidence that's just flowing through him at the moment those incredible innings that he's had recently and uh and yeah, when he came out on Friday, he was—you uh, could see right from the off—he was—he uh, was in the mood. And as you say, yep, four six six four. Yeah, made a made a right old um, old mess of Gulbadin's um, bowling figures there. Looking very quickly at Afghanistan's innings, a fantastic knock from Shai, one hundred and thirteen of one hundred and fifteen, a, br- a brilliant century from the batsman. Very controlled. He looked completely measured throughout the innings. He didn't look troubled by the Scottish bowlers. Now we said this in the in the post game recap uh, with Peter. It was an immensely difficult surface to bowl on, and that is evident from the st- the stats of both the bowling teams. Um, but was there more? Do you think that the Scottish bowlers could have done? I think the Scottish bowlers told away on what was a what was as you say a tricky surface for um, for bowling. Um, 
it was it was difficult as you say Ramat when he came in you know played played beautifully Mohammed Shazad you know did what Mohammed Shazad does you know he he's uh, he's never a batsman that's going to die wandering so he'll always give you a chance and there were a couple of of kind of close decisions which went against Scotland a couple of shots that just didn't quite go to hand so it's it was a game of small margins you know had one of those um, one of those stuck we could well be sitting talking about something very different um, that, that's cricket that's cricket you know we can talk about the fine margins but it goes your way it doesn't go your way yeah to- totally that and and by the time you know Shazab was on his way uh, he'd, he'd got a half century and Ramat was was very well uh, was very well set um, but Hash uh, Mullah Shahidi as well came in with a half century too so you know there's a lot of um, there's a lot of batting in the Afghanistan lineup but as we said on the previous uh, on the previous pod the wicket or two any team in the world a wicket or two is going to cause is going to cause a wee bit of panic when it's getting down to the um the, down to the business end of the chase which is of course where we were you know what five overs odd to uh, to go the run rate rising and uh yeah just getting ahead at, uh, of dls at that uh, at that crucial time I will, I will say it was fantastic to see Brad, uh, Brad Wheel and Tom Sowell in Scotland jerseys on home soil, uh, something I had yet to see. But uh, Brad Wheel looks fantastic. You can see why he's doing so well in the, in the counties uh, down south. And also Tom Sowell as well and, and North then. So it was good to see two youngsters uh, delivering as well, especially that they're both my age. And it, it slightly upsets me a little bit to see them doing that, playing international cricket. And look at me, got a microphone in my hand in my living room. But to move on to the squad announcement for the Sri Lanka series, a couple of new additions in Jake. We've got Dylan Budge making his way back into the Scotland camp. Scott Cameron's in as well. Um, and Gavin Main stays in there as well. So are we thinking a shake-up? Like you said, Richie Barrington, he's had to make way because of injury, which is a shame. Um, but who do you think he might take his place? To be honest, um, I'm not thinking much of a shake-up, at least initially. I would uh, imagine um, the team for Saturday is going to be very similar to the team that we saw last week, um, with perhaps uh, Dylan Budge coming in as a straight swap for Richie uh, Barrington. Um, it's, you, you're, you're right, it was, it was great to see, to see Brad Wheel and, and Tom Sowell back, uh, with Tom especially you know, coming back from, from a couple of... Uh, a couple of sort of injury layoffs and operations from um, his ankle injury originally, which then needed a further operation. So it was great to see him, him back and, and bowling and 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 in really good form. But it just shows the sort of strength and depth of the Scotland bowling as well. You know, we've still got the likes of of Chris Sold, of Stuart Whittingham, of Adrian Neal. You know, there's a, there's a lot of uh, a lot of bowling talent um, there as well. And it was good to see, in fact, Adrian, who I know is just coming back from from injury layoff of his own um back bowling for Gloucestershire twos the other day and um and doing well three wickets I think yeah, if yeah. I remember rightly so um yeah so so it's uh, it's it's looking good like we said we've got this a very strong now cemented top six batting order you've got a very good bowling unit which you can replace in and out quite easily now but something we are probably missing is maybe a reliable seven or eight you know before you get into the likes of Sharif you know is Tom Sowell good enough as a batsman to do that? Are we wanted to see Michael Leach? Is that something that needs that Scotland needs to strengthen? Certainly, I think we've we've got the players to do it. Um, I think Tom Sowell, Michael Leach are more than capable of filling that that role. Mark Watt as well, um, uh, of course. I mean the 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 lineup bats bats deep. Uh, it's a very modern cricketing 
lineup. You know, just just looking again, just reflecting. Um, Three twenty-five is a is a is a huge total. Certainly compared to if you think about the sorts of scores that were kind kind of going up on the board. You know, not that long ago in world cricket, let alone in Scottish cricket. Um, and uh, you know, when you look at what this lineup scored against England as well, and uh, the the manner in which the last game against Sri Lanka. Um, you know, down in down in Beckenham, the last win against Sri Lanka, I should say, uh, down in Beckenham was was uh, was reached too. So yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of batting in the in, in the Scotland lineup, and yeah, and, and it's it's possibly right for someone to make that number seven slot their own. Um, but we've certainly got the players, I think, that are that are capable of um, of doing that. Yeah. So let's talk about Sri Lanka, Jake. They're coming over to the Grange, two ODIs, one on Saturday, one on Tuesday. They got, you know, they got their World Cup squad here. These are World Cup practice games for them, so they are very crucial matches for both sides, both Scotland and Sri Lanka. We've met them four times, but two were only classified as ODIs, and one of them was a World Cup pool match um, in Hobart, Australia, of all places, where they Sri Lanka won by 148 runs. But Scotland did get a win in 2017 in Beckenham and Kent uh, by seven wickets. Now, it was only classified as a practice match because it was Sri Lanka's warm-ups uh, to, the, to the Champions Trophy tournament that was occurring in England and Wales at that time. But fond memories of that match? Oh, very much so. It's... Um it's it's nice actually to see to see Sri Lanka here because it does bring back memories of uh, of that day at uh, in Beckenham in 2017. It was um, in many ways this was the game where it kind of started for Scotland. Um, we talked we've talked on previous pods about the um, the 2016 World T20 and how that uh, the experience there the results there led to something of a culture change in Scottish cricket. But it was really that that result against Sri Lanka um, in 2017 that made the world sit up and think, well, hang on a minute, you know, there's something there's something new about Scottish cricket here. Um, it wasn't so much that it was a win, and it wasn't so much that it was a win over what was a full strength Sri Lanka team. Um, it was the manner in which in which it was achieved. I mean, um, you know, Sri Lanka put uh, put two eight seven on the board. Um, which is a you know a fairly fairly decent score, but the way that Scotland chased it down, and uh, what forty two point five overs, um, Kyle Kutzer um, scored one hundred eighteen off eighty four balls, uh, Matthew Cross one hundred six, um, you know it was you know as they put on two hundred for the first wicket, um, it was a really modern performance barnstorming sort of cricket the sort of cricket that we see from um you know from the top teams in in the world and and that's really in, in many ways it got it got a monkey off the back um it showed scotland that they were on the right road and uh, and of course they've not looked back since it's exa- i completely agree it did have such a significant kind of moment in the scottish cricket the history of the fact that like you said we then went into the 
the the Zimbabwe qualifiers with a lot of confidence and the results we got out there. So it, it was such a significant result in in that respect. It is worth noting they they also played another practice match and and Sri Lanka won by nine wickets. It was a very crushing defeat. Uh, Scotland were all out um, for 166. Wallace did score 46 there, which was good as well. But Sri Lanka have also played a game at the Grange 2011. It was a tri-nation tournament in Scotland. Sri Lanka won by 183 runs. What I thought was was quite interesting, I was looking back at the the headlines of some of the match reports that happened over that, and, and the one for the, the game in Beckenham was Kotzer and Cross combined to shock Sri Lanka, but the one back in 2011 was Scotland no match for Sri Lankan pace. Now, I wonder, Jake, whether you think we would ever see a headline like that anymore, that Scotland are no match for Sri Lankan pace. Would it be a shock anymore? Would it be something that, that Scotland are, are going to be dominated by a Sri Lankan team, or is this something that is is long gone? I think those days are gone, um, for sure. I mean, the gap between full member cricket, in inverted commas, and associate member cricket, in inverted commas, as we know, has been getting, uh, has been getting ever smaller, but there's no greater... Um, epitome of that than than scotland um the the game against sri lanka was was only the beginning of course you know there was the full member or first win over a full member against zimbabwe shortly after um then there was all the experiences of course in the world cup qualifiers in zimbabwe which uh which let's let's not go over that again <laughs> um and uh, and of course and of course england um odi just last uh, just last summer um no I, I i don't think um i don't think there are shocks anymore where scotland is is, is involved um of course they're playing teams in 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 teams like sri lanka or zimbabwe um that are vastly more resourced than they are that have a vastly uh, la- um, more um more capacious fixture calendar that's a terrible word but you know what i mean uh, they've got a lot more they've got a lot more cricket that they play um and they are you know more than holding their own in that in that company they're not going to win every game against the top 10 nation i mean no one is no one is going to do that england don't win every game they play and they're ranked number one in the in the world in odi cricket but uh, but that scotland can certainly hold their own in that company is very very clear it's worth noting that, that there was four Scotland players that played in uh, in that game in 2011 at the Grange. That will probably most likely be in the in the lineup on um, on Saturday, which I thought was really interesting to see the progression of Scottish cricket. I mean, Gordon Drummond was captaining the side back, and you had the likes of Fraser Watt also playing in the side and Preston Momsen. Um, but how times have changed in Scottish cricket. But let's chat about Sri Lanka. I've had to learn a lot over the last couple of days and dive into the world of Sri Lankan ODI cricket. But it's worth noting they're not a side coming into this World Cup in form. So they are visiting the Grange, probably a fragile state. They've been to South Africa. They got a 5-0 loss in the series and quite comprehensively uh, lost as well in a few of their matches. It is also worth noting that a few of them were dead rubbers. Um, but they also, before that, had a series against England where they won- they notched up only one victory. And before that, they had a very unsuccessful Asia Cup series as well. So Sri Lanka, what are your thoughts going into this series on the visiting team? It's a very interesting time for Sri Lankan cricket. Um, I'm not sure, I think interesting is a word that you can interpret it in a number of ways if you're a Sri Lankan um, supporter. They have obviously been more than their share of, of on-field troubles, as you've alluded to in terms of, you know, 
they've not won an ODI since uh, since October the twenty third last year against England, which was their final ODI in in what was a uh, what was a three one um, series series loss. I mean, they won it pretty comprehens- comprehensively on 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 DLS. Um, yeah, we we know all about that. Um, but <laughs> it, was, it, was, it wasn't two runs though. <laughs> no, it was pretty mo- a bit more comprehensive than that. Uh, but it was a dead rubber in the series. But but other than that, um, y- you know, they've had a really poor run of form um, in ODI cricket. It's been interesting. They've been doing very well in Test cricket. Um, their most recent one in South Africa. Um, they they beat the hosts um, two nil in in the, in the Test series. You know, which was a just a fantastic result for for Sri Lankan cricket. They then probably lost the ODI series five nothing in the T Twenty series two nothing. So so you've got this this very strange sort of swings and roundabouts uh, setup going on really in terms of. Uh, in terms of Sri Lanka's recent form, um, then there have been obviously various on th- off-field issues as well. Um, you know, there's obviously various allegations around former players, which which have caused something of a distraction, change the selectors, change the coaching staff, changes of captain, of course. Mm. So, so yeah, they've not had their they've not had the troubles to seek. Um, but in the history of sport, we've seen uh, we've seen plenty of uh, of underdogs with. Uh, kind of off-field distractions come good when it comes to a when it comes to a major tournament so um they're still not to be underestimated when it comes to the world cup i think so who are the players to watch like you said there's a new captain in and he's he's not been playing for four years he's not played one in day international cricket for four years uh you've you've got a couple of players missing out quite prominent names as well so talk us through that yeah, as, as you say, the the World Cup squad has raised a few eyebrows. Um, I think it's fair to say um, no place for Nurishan Digwella. Um, really, on the on the back of, I mean, he had a not great series against uh, against South Africa, but has been a really consistent performer. Uh, their wicketkeeper batsman, and of course Dinesh Chandamal, um, who, who uh, a very experienced cricketer, who was captain as recently as October, place even in the squad in the squad for him and an, an experienced squad. Um, an average age of 30 in the World Cup squad, which is, um, yeah, which is one of the older squads you'd have thought in the, um, in the, in the tournament. But still, you know, some, some notable players to look out for. As you say, uh, Dimuth Kararatne, um, who's the, the skipper, who's, as you say, only named captain last month. He's been the test captain um, since, since February. Um, has only actually played 17 ODIs. Um, his high score... Is, a, is 60, coincidentally made at Rayburn Place against Scotland in that match in 2011. Let's, uh, let's hope we don't get a repeat there. But only 17 ODIs, and as you say, his last ODI was in the 2015 World Cup. So, so it's a big call, um, I think, putting him in as, in as captain. But he's played a lot of test cricket uh, since then. He was an established test player. He's got 60 tests under his belt. So they've obviously gone for a, uh, you know, this sort of steadying hand on the tiller um, really, to see the squad through what's been a bit of a, a, a bit of turmoil, but I mean, a, you know, a number of, of big names still uh, still in the squad. Um, Angelo Matthews, um, of course, former captain in all in all formats, has been has been their rock uh, for so many years. You know, the um, when you try to replace Kumar Sangakkara, Mahela Jayawardner. <laughs> And Tilikaratni Dilshan, um, that's that's a huge amount that you're ripping out of a out of a team there, a huge amount of experience. And Matthews has been has been really fundamental in um, 
in, in keeping uh, Sri Lankan cricket going, um, I guess through that through that period, he's been a rock for them. Two hundred and three ODIs, he's played well over five thousand runs, a couple of hundreds. Played in two World Cups, World T Twenty winner in twenty fourteen. I mean, you know, he's he's a big uh, a big player for them, and of course, very useful that sort of nagging medium pace. Um, as well as brought him 114 wickets over the years. So, so Angelo Matthews is still very much a um, uh, very much a force in in, in Sri Lankan cricket. Um, lost the captaincy, of course, uh, fairly recently. So, um, so he will probably still have have uh, have have points to prove. And then, of course, when it comes to uh, to, to big names in the World Cup squad, there's none bigger than uh, than Lasith Malinga. Um, as well. Quick note to that IPL final. What a final over! Unbelievable bit of cricket. Well, it was uh, it was absolutely extraordinary. I actually, um, I made I made a wee note because it struck me at the time that that final. If any, if if you didn't see that, of course, uh, he was playing for the Mumbai Indians uh, as they won the IPL final just uh, just last Sunday. He was given the final over to defend nine. Mm-hmm. So um, so I think Chennai Super Kings were very much the. Um, the favourites there, but uh, but I made a note of the speeds of of his last over, which really really struck me. He bowled he bowled uh, deliveries of 142, 143, 142, 141, and 140 kilometres an hour, and then the last ball was 112. Now that's some cojones to to do that that's... on the last ball when they need two runs to win. One run to take you to a super over, and of course uh, Thakur was was um, was Yorked LBW off that last ball. I mean, just stunning, absolutely. Yeah, and so so he's one that uh, that I think you know everybody will be licking their lips to uh, to see perform in the World Cup uh, once again. It's his swan song in uh, fifty over cricket. I think he's planning to retire after the the World T Twenty in twenty twenty. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, just one of the great performers in limited overs cricket of all time, really. So, who are the players? Do you think that we'll see? Obviously, we do not know selection for uh, for the the two ODIs. They might be playing some youngsters. They might be giving some people some game time. Who are the people? Do you think that have a point to prove in in, in these matches before the World Cup? Well, we've already alluded to uh, Angelo Matthews, of course, who. Um, who I, I'd certainly put in that category, um, but not least the captain himself, Karen Aratne, um, has has a bit of a point to prove with only 17 ODIs under his belt. You know, again, it was a a big call, I think, um, to name him uh, to name him captain. But there, you know, a number of of still really very very experienced players um, in that uh, in that lineup. You know, in terms of the bowlers, we're looking at people like Saranga Lakmal. Um, you know, 81 ODIs um, under his belt, a lot of test wickets under his belt as well. Um, people like uh, Sara Pereira as well in the all-rounder role, uh, 153 matches, more than 2,000 runs, 169 wickets. You know, there's, there's an awful lot of, uh, of experience, of power in there too. And, um, and the wicket keepers, um, obviously with Dick Weller not, um, not even making the squad, the two wicket keepers in the in the in the um, the squad there, Kushal Mendes and Kusal Pereira. You would imagine Pereira will get the nod. Slightly more experienced player, eighty-eight matches. Batsman very much in the in the kind of Jayasuriya mould. You know, very belligerent left-hander. Yeah, two thousand two hundred eighty-three runs. He's got um, four hundreds, eleven fifty. So again, that kind of destructive um, player. That's uh, that's very. Very important um, in the um, in the modern game. 
But it's interesting. I mean, looking at the at the squad, a lot of all rounders there. Um, only one specialist spinner in Jeffrey Van der Sey has been been picked. Um, uh, leg spinner. Uh, the rest of the spin attack is the you know basically all rounder base. So so that's again that's an interesting. An interesting call, especially how important spin is in the modern game. Is that because you think they're playing in English and Welsh conditions that they think it might not be a key factor and it might be just about the seam bowling? Uh, there's probably some of that in there as well, yeah. Um, obviously, you've got Rengana Haraf, who's just uh, retired as well, who is, again, traditionally, a, you know, again, a huge name to replace in, uh, in, in Sri Lankan cricket. But uh, it's probably a transition phase that the team is going through, I think it's probably fair to say. So it'll be very interesting to see how they do, uh, obviously in the World Cup, but as far as we're concerned, very interesting to see how they do this uh, this coming weekend. So a Sri Lankan team that has plenty to prove. These are they're going to want two comfortable wins, you know, as any side would before a major tournament. They've got a lot of, of maybe trialing to do. They've got a lot of confidence to build up, especially after that series against Sri Lanka. Um, but specifically because they've got a World Cup coming up here, they're going to want two solid performances. But in terms of Scotland, how much will it mean for them to get... I know we've chatted about this before, but how much or how significant will it be for them to get another full member notch on their wins? It would, uh, it would certainly be, be significant. Um, I, think, I think Sri Lanka want to be tested, which is why they've come to Scotland. Um, Scotland have obviously proved over the last couple of years, as we've... we've said at, at length um, how they belong in that in that company and they know that by coming to the Grange they are going to be tested in in every department but you know as as you say I mean I mean Sri Lanka are a top 10 team um, on the form book Sri Lanka should be beating Scotland whether that will happen or not of course is a very very different question um, because Scotland are more than capable of um, of coming away with two wins of their own, and what it would mean for for Scottish cricket, it would be a, another stage on this on this upward curve that began um, all those years ago, and and to to kind of get the first win under the belt in the in in the Shane Berger era as well is will be will be huge um as as, as well um so yes i mean it's all part of the upward trajectory it's a it's a you know a win against a full member uh, that's a top 10 full member is very significant when it comes to meeting the requirements for icc full membership which is of course the goal of of of, of everybody involved in scottish cricket so it's a it's a high stakes game, but uh, but Scotland are used to playing high stakes games. As an associate nation, every game you play is a high stakes game. Yeah, and and, and it's going to be very very interesting um, to see how this one plays out. It is incredibly exciting the fact that you know we're going into a, a four, you know well now two games, but it's been this four this four game ODI Summer Internationals, and and the fact that they're you know, there could be this feeling of, of massive disappointment if we don't not get a win under the belt. It, 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 on reflection, that's an incredibly exciting time to be in in Scottish cricket because that's maybe something you wouldn't have felt, you know, two years ago, even last year. Yeah, I mean, that, that statement says it all. That if um, if Scotland didn't come away with a win, we would be, we'd be very disappointed. They would be very disappointed. Scottish, the world of Scottish cricket would be very disappointed. We'd have that deflation that we had the other day against Afghanistan. Um, as I say, 
going by rankings, Afghanistan should beat Scotland. Sri Lanka should beat Scotland. But Scotland very much belong in their company. And, um, and they know that Scotland will not only give them a good game, but could well could well beat them again. And so... Um, <laughs> sorry. This time, clarified as an ODI as well. Not to joke around about this. Uh, but, um. Oh, yes, yes. This one, 100% uh, pure minted ODI. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that statement says it all and, and how far Scottish cricket has come. It's not, um, it's not the kind of um, let's, let's plug away and see if we can chip away and get a win, um, scrape, a, scrape a narrow one wicket win over a over a full member once in a blue moon you know this is a team that's uh, that's regularly competing at this level and is has, a, has the results to to prove it so jack i'm going to ask you the the most difficult question to ask anyone uh series predictions uh what, what do you think you just you just shook your head in the most disappointed manner that i asked you this question but i'm gonna do it so what would you think series predictions well, I'm definitely not a not a not a betting man. Um, that's why why uh, Ray Winston drives such a nice car. Um, but um, I um, I would be I would be quite happy with one one. I think as a as a as a series outcome, I would hope for two 0 mm-hmm. to Scotland. Uh, by the way, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think if if Scotland can get uh, can get a win. Another win against a top ten full member nation—that is—that's still a phenomenal achievement and can't be underestimated. And there's still tickets available. Uh, we were looking before, and it was about um, three quarters full for the Saturday match. You know, weather dependent. It's you know, it's been a lovely week, so who knows what the weather is? But Tuesday looks no problem at all. So uh, get on down to the Grange, right? Oh yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fantastic, and there is no better place to watch a game of cricket than uh, than, than than the Grange. Uh, beautiful old historic grounds in Edinburgh. So, um, yeah, come on down. Fantastic. International cricket returns again to Edinburgh. What a fantastic opportunity to watch international cricket in your hometown. It's not something you get to do um, every uh, every month. So you, you've got a couple more opportunities in the coming weeks. Well, this has been uh, Jake and myself, Ian, uh, on another edition of the Cricket Scotland podcast. Be sure to check out all the latest news on the Cricket Scotland social media sites throughout the games. And also, rather excitingly, uh, the game will be streamed with commentary from ourselves, which we are not nervous about at all, are we, Jake? Oh, no, no. <laughs> not in the least. <laughs> no, it's, it's rather exciting. So there will be the international match from the Grange will be streamed, multi-camera set up and commentary with guests throughout. So be sure to, to check that out on Cricket Scotland uh, the YouTube channel. Uh, but this has been another edition. Thanks you for listening. <laughs>